That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. As always, I am your host, the Commodore. Ding, ding. And with me... <laughs> I got it right. Wow. Yeah, that was really good. That was, that was like the best you've ever done on this show before. <laughs> and with me with the portable bell that he always brings that is his mouth, the wonderful indelible Rue. How are you tonight, Rue? I'm doing good. I'm cosplaying as a, uh, a homeless person tonight for everyone's benefit. It's good. <laughs> if anyone was paying attention to the opening seconds of the show, they saw a look of abject terror on my face as I suddenly realized, I don't know if the microphone is hooked up correctly and if anyone's going to hear me. So, I can hear you. So it sounds good to me. Good. Um, so I'll <laughs> take that to mean that everybody else can as well. I, that's Folks, not necessarily true, but okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we, it's not like we know what we're doing here. I mean, we just kind of Man. plug in and pray. Yeah. I don't even have water. I'm dying here. I, I have a delicious beverage. This is Lynn Sanity. This is Lynn Sanity, and it's a veritable crossfire. Crossfire! Of... of of activity here tonight, folks. We are going to talk tonight hey, about the topic du jour, which happens to be board games. We're going to talk all about board games. We're going to talk about it's a little bit of a board game redux, as it will, as you were. We're going to talk about um, some of the games that we like, the games we played in the past, some of our favorite board games, and uh, you know, with the popularity of games and the kind of state of video uh, video games. Listen to me. I've talked about too much video automatically games. go video games, don't you? I, listen, I do. I do. That's what I do. That's what I do. But we're not going to talk about video games. Well, we'll probably end up talking about video games at some point tonight. But we're going to talk about board games, and that is the topic du jour. It's the topic of the day. That's what we're going to talk about. But before we do that, mm, I'll have that. Okay, good. Well, that's exactly what I'm serving up, so that's okay. good news. Good, good. Uh, before that, we're going to do the the T&B portion of the program. That is the tids and bits, otherwise known as the news and notes, where we talk about things that we think you should know about, or at least news no, newsworthy things. Definitely newsworthy things. That have happened <laughs> since we last spoke mm -hmm. that uh, we think you guys should talk about. And we can give our opinion on such things as well. And then after the topic du jour, which is the topic of the day. Mm, I'll have that. We, You'll have that. We will talk about. We'll get to the portion of the program that is that is the Q and A, which is the question and answer portion of the program. You guys can ask us questions oh. about the topic of du jour, which is the topic of the day. I'll have that. Or you can talk to us about the T and B, or you can talk to us about anything the, your little hearts wonderfully desire, the, or the, not so wonderfully desire. The good old Q and A, or as we sometimes call it, the quids and aits. Yes, that too. Yes. No one's ever called it that in the history of humanity, but I'm glad that you've just invented that. The I point do, is, yes, and if we'll, you would like to ask us a question. Like, has anyone ever finished a game of Monopoly? Like, perhaps That's, that will be a good question to ask, considering game. the topic du jour. It's the topic of the day. I'll have that. Is board games. So maybe you want to ask a question about board games. Maybe you'd like to know a little bit about our experience in board games. If you'd like to ask a question about that or anything else, you don't have to wait until the Q&A portion of the program. All you have to do is click on my name, that is Commodore128, up in the upper right-hand corner of the chat room. Right there. You see it? There it is. All you got to do is click on it. Click PM. That's private message, which is the way I like all of my messages. And just send them, send those questions right over to me. And I will take care of them. The best questions that are asked during the during the entirety of the program, not just in the question and answer portion, will be answered later on by Rue and myself. Yeah. Sound like a deal? Yes. Let's try it. 
let's try that. I don't. It's it's a new it's a new format. We're just we're just trying this out. Like I say, we, it's not like we've ever done this before. Nope. Uh, this is our very first show. I just can't tell. Yeah, it's not our first show. I lied about all that. Let's get to the TNB. What kind of news and notes do we have for the people today, Rue? <clears throat> well, we got a few things. Let's start out with because it's the first thing I see. Yes. There was news of a new Batman in town because a, a new Batman, a new Batman because naturally the Chris Nolan trilogy has ended. He's done essentially yes. directing at least. And Christian uh, Bale's too old to be Christian Batman. Bale's kind of done. He looked a little ridiculous hanging out with Selena Kyle in that last movie. He, um, he wore out his voice being all scratchy. I Ooh, Harvey oh, Dent can't even trust it. <laughs> Harvey Dent. Can he be trusted? Anyway, uh, yes, so... Harvey Dent! <laughs> Can he be trusted? As, as, as everyone who cares or probably hasn't cared has heard by now, Ben Affleck is the new the new Batman for the upcoming ben Batman Affleck. Superman movie in 2015. So... Wait, do you, do you mean... So, Ben Affleck, not Matt Damon? Uh, Matt Damon has to be in this movie somehow. Uh, he has to be in the movie at some point. Maybe he'll be the Riddler. Would Matt Damon make a good Riddler? <laughs> sure. I not? rest my case. I don't know if anyone can beat Jim Carrey. Yeah, that would be tough. It'd be pretty tough to beat Jim Carrey as the Riddler. All right. Uh, so, so, so what you, what's your opinion on Ben Affleck as the new Batman? I don't know, but my chest is a little itchy. Um, or should I say, what, what's your what's your take on Daredevil becoming the new Batman? I don't mind. You know what? Okay. You know what? You know what? Here's the what. Daredevil okay. had issues. What, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. Daredevil had issues. Yes. Ben Affleck really wasn't one of those issues. No, I agree with that. Frankly. I, 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 that. I People are like freaking out like, oh my God, Rar, this is the worst thing ever happened in the history of the world. I, I don't think eh. it's terrible, actually. Eh. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean... Let, let's I'm not going to make see. a comment on Daredevil. Here's what here's what I'll make a comment on though. People are freaking out because he's two characters. Get over it. Get over <laughs> it. Like that's not the problem here. Yes. The problem here is not Matt. Is not Matt Damon. Matt Damon is a problem. Is, is the great quote. I just Damon. I was I was looking at that literally in the chat room while I was trying to say something. <laughs> that that makes sense. Damon. Ben Affleck. Um, being two different characters is not the problem, folks. The problem is that Ben Affleck should not be Batman. I think that. I genuinely think that. Is that because I think Ben Affleck would make a bad Batman? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I think Ben Affleck could be a very good Batman. But I think... It's weird. I think they should go in a little bit of a different direction. You know, they've tried this before. They tried the George Clooney effect on Batman. It just didn't work. Take the really, really famous star, put him in a bat suit, and expect it to make a lot of money. That's not what the formula has come to be in the last couple of years, and I'm very surprised to see um, they're going to give it a shot, to be honest. Yes. I just don't have a lot of confidence in that. I will say, first off, just to, just to say, you're, you're getting a little pixelated. It's a little weird. Don't know what's going on, but we're going to soldier on through because that's what we do here. <laughs> I'm, I am pixelated. Uh, what the worst thing anybody's ever told me? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, you know, I'm not necessarily a fan of the, the Affleck Batman, but, but let's come on. where was Batman really going to go? That's my other, that's my other problem. I'm, I'm sorry. You're, the potato that you're filming on is breaking up. This is getting a little bit weird now. 
the uh, potato that you're filming on. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm com- I've completely lost all upstream from you, more or less. So th- this is great because this is like the first time this has really happened where it's gotten so yeah. bad. That is true. You're, you're kind I of that happened previously. Yeah, this is kind of weird. It is weird. Uh, I don't know if people are. Uh... Huh? Can can people out in internet land see us? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that probably uh, could happen. Some people saying it's freezing. Anyway, let's yeah, just let's just soldier on here. Let, let, should should I try recalling you there, back at the yeah. at the, hey, at the home base? Okay. Why don't we do that? Let's, let's give that a shot. Let's do a quick call back. Ready? Yeah, let's do that. Ready. <laughs> Boom. That's uh, you sound a little better. We'll we'll go with it marginally better yeah i think i think uh the the clan of the gray wolf home base over here might be having some issues we'll we'll see oh no oh no anyway all right so so yeah, apparently i sound like i'm inside a pipe you kind of do i'm talking to all of you from the past <laughs> i'm talking to all of you from the past you're, you're talking to us all from 1996 on your that doesn't even make any sense how would i be talking to you from the well whatever um, I'm done talking about Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah, I, I mean, let's let's, let's, let's leave it let's leave it alone until 2015. I don't think it's the end of the world. You don't think it's the end of the world? Let's let sleeping dogs lie there. Exactly. So yeah. the next thing everyone freaked out about shortly after that was the reveal of a new Nintendo system, the what? the 2DS. Oh, the 2DS. The 2DS. Yes. Um, I know you've been following this news with bated breath. Because you need to know yeah. everything about Nintendo at all times. Because you're such uh, a Nintendo not, fanboy. Well, not only that, but I, I, I also, you know, have a DS and have no interest in getting a 3DS. So the 2DS probably wouldn't be any more compelling than the 3DS would be. But that's a different story. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not really sure about this one. And, and I, you know, I, I guess I could say that about just about everything Nintendo has done for a very long time. I just don't really understand this move. Um, but there's a really cool article that I read this week, and I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on where it came from. I'll find it for you guys. But it's basically about the, the, the strange and dangerous position that Nintendo occupies in the industry right now. But I, rather than agree with the entire article, I will agree with the thesis, which is that if there is indeed a market... For a video game only system, be it console, be it mobile device, then Nintendo will always have skin in the game. If those days are gone, then I think Nintendo's days are numbered as a hardware company. I don't think there's any chance of that being gone anytime soon, though. Not really. Uh, I mean, I mean, the 3DS was a rock, a little bit rocky out of the gate, but it's doing yep. fine now, mostly because it's abandoning all the 3D part of it. They're kind of like, yep. what? Which is part of this to the 2DS. Has no 3D. Uh, right. It's got a few different changes, uh, or, or uh, you know, that make it what thirty or forty dollars cheaper than a normal regular DS. All right. Right. It's uh, it doesn't fold. It's it only has 2D. It has the same screen size as the regular 3DS. Right. Um. It um, it has mono sound. It's not it's not stereo. Yeah, it's a little bit interesting. Uh, other than that, it's pretty similar in spec wise to everything at least the 3ds has has to offer um okay. so so the, the question is 
if if you were in the in the market for a 3ds yeah would you get or 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 a next gen nintendo portable system yeah would you get a 2ds a 3ds or a 3ds xl Mm. because they all ostensibly play the same games yeah and they're pretty much i mean the same the the thing would for me would be probably the form factor question Mm -hmm. and i found the 3ds to be quite comfortable okay the regular old 3ds i found it to be quite comfortable the 3ds xl i think is probably unnecessary at this point i do have kind of giant man hands but um but i would i would totally you know what they say about guys the cans they wear giant gloves they wear big gloves yes uh, but the 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 point is, I, I you know I think I would I think I'd probably go with the regular 3ds. I think that's good. Uh, exactly. And my point is, if you ask most adults or adult like creatures, they're gonna say not the 2ds. The 2ds is coming out right about the same time as the new Pokemon games are. Pokemon, sorry. Poke Pokemon. Pokemans. Uh, the Pokemans games. And I do not think that is a uh, a coincidence. It's obviously not a coincidence. We l- look at these things. They're a little bit more a little bit more kid friendly, you know? They yeah. don't have hinges to break. No. Uh, they they uh, the form factor isn't something you're gonna fit in your pocket on the train when no. you're going into work. This is no. this is a, this is pretty easily you can see it's marketed toward kids. And I think Nintendo will okay. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll sell a good enough amount of them to justify the whole new skew. Um, and all of these people are saying, "Ah, oh, it's ridiculous." It, well, it's not just—it's just not being made for you. You know, you got your 3DS XL. Did you really think they were going to come out with like a 4DS or something like that? No. So soon? No. no it's no. yeah. So yeah. I don't even think Nintendo could afford to do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting question. I, I'm not sure. You know that the form factor is is the most important issue on people's minds now. But you know the 3DS, like 3D in general, is kind of just falling by the wayside, and people just kind of see it as a gimmick. Um, mm-hmm. It seems to just kind of come back every 15 years or so. People go, "Oh, 3D, isn't this amazing?" And everybody <laughs> goes, "Oh yeah, this is amazing." And then they go, "Oh no, this really sucks." Like no one cares about 3D. I get tired of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it just doesn't make sense. But I, th- uh, I think Nintendo's in a, in a fine position with where they are right now with 3DS. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to expand their market a little bit more. Yeah. Hit a different demographic. And I agree with Vulcan, uh, Assassin, and Chad. I, I, I think 3DS XL, which I have, is good enough for me. And I think the games are fine. I'm not looking for anything else anytime soon. So certainly yeah. not a Vita or anything like that. So. No, but I think, I think again, I, I, I don't think their primary competition has anything to do with game-only consoles. I think it has to do with mobile platforms having games on them mm-hmm. and uh you know one of the other little t and b's we can talk about is the fact that apple's having its little announcement oh boy in a matter of six days to talk about the new iphone and and while i don't think there'll be much of a change in terms of hardware um the software change is significant considering ios is a legitimate platform for gaming now so that tends to be i think more mm-hmm. impactful toward nintendo's business than most anything else right now unfortunately for them Quite possibly. I think they, uh, personally, I think they occupy a different space. A lot of people have been yeah. arguing about how uh, mobile gaming is the death of portable handhelds. Uh, yeah. I don't think so much, yeah. um, honestly. Well, and like I say, if there's a place for it, I think Nintendo will always be a, the strongest player there. Yeah. I, I, if there is I don't no think, place for it, I, I will. I, I think Nintendo is not going to make a tablet. I think the closest they're going to come is the Wii U. Um, yeah. 
they're they're fine with what they got right now. The you you can't really. Pl- it's very difficult to play a game like Pokemon Pokemans uh, on uh, a tablet or on a phone. Exactly. Exactly. You know, but um, yeah, it I, is. Uh, so so the, this sorry this new Apple phone. Yeah. I, I'm not yeah. too big on the Apple phones. I have a well. Real there are actually two of them. Oh, so have they actually told released what they're going to be talking about? Officially? No, but but at this point, it's kind of like a a done deal. So I don't know if you saw like there were pictures um, earlier this week coming from I think the the um, uh, the NSA. There were pictures that came out of this that were like of these charging iPhones, and all of them were iPhone five uh, Cs. Uh, and not five S's. Well, so, it's totally different. So yeah. Well, I mean, it's not totally different. It's just different. It's marginally different. Marginally different. So that is the correct one. answer. But you know, marginally different in as much as one is probably going to be at least a hundred hundred dollars cheaper than the other. But uh, this is this is all I want to know about iPhones. And maybe yes, someone, okay. maybe you can explain this. Or someone in the chat can explain this. Why do they have the glass back? I have seen more cracked iPhones with that that cracked glass on the back. What's the purpose of that? How is that protecting your phone at all? Well, I think one, well, I don't think it's designed to protect your phone. I think it's, it's, it's more designed to look one. good and, and be crappy. Well, I think that, and, and by the way, I'm not trying to defend them here because I think it's a terrible idea. <laughs> um, but, you know, let's go ahead and try to post some kind of defense. Um, you're, you're, you know. you're assigned to the legal defense of Apple right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Well, in that case. No, I, I just I think their thought is that I mean, it's, it's a sleek design. It looks very nice when you take a look at it. Um, the thing is, though, that even if you have cracked glass on the back, it certainly doesn't impact the functionality of your phone. Um, that being said, I would see I would think under pretty pretty normal circumstances, the glass kind of breaks on the back. It seems like it's almost easier to break on the back than it is in the front because when I see people with iPhones that tends to be what's cracked. It's the back, right? Mm-hmm. But so, then again, how many people do you know, like I, of, of the people that I know that carry cell phones with them all the time, and that's most people that carry smartphone, let's say that, right? Most of them that, that have iPhones have a, have a back on them. They, they put a, oh yeah, they put a cover puts around a cover them, on right? OtterBox or something like that. So they don't really care about what's going on with the back, right? That's why I don't so much care when people complain about how phone casings are like plastic or metal yeah. or this, that's well, like, like 90% of people are going to cover it anyway with something else. So I care about that. I, but see, eh. I don't think it's true. I think, eh. I think a lot more Android people walk around without covers than iPhone people. Because I just think I think iPhone that becomes the only way you can identify yourself. It's the only unique thing about your phone. Yeah. Okay. Good point. It's the cover. Everything else is exactly the same as everyone else. So how you make, it's how you make a statement of individuality by conforming. Exactly. So I I don't <laughs> I'm just po- positing a theory here, but I think the reason that people cover them is because it's the only way to customize them in really almost any way. And with although iOS seven is very sexy, I don't think kind of re you know, shading and recoloring all the icons is going to make much of a difference in terms of Apple's innovative qu- uh, you know, quotient for this generation of phones. So, um, so I'm not looking forward to very much at the Apple event on so, the 10th. So I'm thinking it's time for some quick hit TNB. What do you think? Quick hit TNB. Okay, quick. Give me your thoughts. Yep. Okay, 
Samsung Gear. It's the smartwatch that they're releasing. They just announced. Even though it's not really a smartwatch. Well, yeah, you know, it like, connects to it's your a phone. Dumb, it's yeah. a dumb watch that attaches to your phone. Yes. yes I got you. So you can do stuff on your watch instead of pulling out your phone. What do you think? Go. Great idea. Not so great concept. You have to have a Galaxy to use it. Not so not so interested. Galaxy is a, is the most popular Android platform. It's actually the most popular phone in the world. There you go. The issue is, though, that a lot of people don't have it, and I'd like to be able to use it. One of the reasons that the Pebble was the largest Kickstarter ever was because the Pebble didn't care what kind of a phone you had. It would just interoperate with all of them. Speaking of Kickstarter, the Mighty Nine, Mighty Number Nine, sorry, yes. which I was is hoping we get to this. Yes, uh, ca- oh, I cannot say his name. Uh, Inafune, Kiji Inafune. I can't get the mm-hmm. first name right at all. Uh, he, the what, the creator of Mega Man, who wants to make a new uh, Mega Man esque game because Capcom can't do anything right nowadays. <laughs> yes. uh, opened up a Kickstarter a few days ago with a nine hundred thousand dollar goal. He now sits at one point five million to make this new Mega Man-esque game. So, it's gonna happen, unless lawsuits take them down. Excited? Yes. You know, I actually am excited about this. So, uh, any of you that... um, Any of you that loved the old Mega Man games and have kind of been waiting to see a kind of spiritual successor, even if, you know, I I realize they have Mega Man 9 and... And so on and so forth, and and that's and that's those those games are great, but but they those are those don't kind of have the same soul, I think, as the earlier Mega Man games. And if you, if you go if you go out and you watch, I'm not saying you know the, the same dynamics, the same playability, blah blah blah. Nine really just, brought me back, but anyway, totally. But I, I I'm just not sure they have the same soul, and I think. KG Inafune. Sorry, I was Inafune. I was saying the yeah. name. Thank you. Uh, so I think if you go and you take a look at the video for for the Kickstarter for Mighty Number no. Nine, it just it just looks and feels like a Mega Man game. Yes, and they do that in in several really interesting ways. But but what's what's cool is you have. Um, you have a, a whole team of people, not just Inafune himself, but his entire team, right? A lot of folks that worked on the original Mega Man games coming together to say, you know, what are the best parts of what made Mega Man Mega Man? And then how can we bring that into the modern era? How can we make that a modern and contemporary game that's fun and exciting for people? That's something I think that, that you know, isn't necessarily the thought process of the Capcoms of the world, which just want to make the best 2D game they can make. Yeah. Right? I, I think it's a really interesting concept. And I think even just from the concept art portion, I think it's really cool looking. So I'm very, very much excited about it. What I, about you? I, I, I am pretty excited. Uh, depending on what it, platforms it comes out on, you know it's going to be one of the hottest, you know, most yeah. watched games yeah. of the next few years, definitely. Um, so... <laughs> High profile now, especially because they blew out their Kickstarter goal. Oh yeah, it still has like twenty six days to go. It's it's insane, but yeah, uh, yeah no, I think it looks pretty good. I'd I'd be willing to uh, give it a look see once it's released. Hopefully, it's it lives up to expectations because they're already mighty high. But I uh, think you know the other interesting thing is there are plenty of people like us <laughs> out there that grew up with Mega Man and love it, even though you say he has no soul. <clears throat> Let's not start this game, folks. Let's All right. just not start this game tonight. More quick hits. Uh, Xbox, quick hits. the X-Bone, to be released November 22nd. 
Yes. Exciting. We already thought of or said that when they released the PS4 date. Not exciting. A few weeks ago. The thing that might yeah. be exciting is that it supports eight controllers. That's kind of exciting. Eh. Yeah, I mean, All right. eh. but, yeah, but you know like, what, yeah, TVs, TVs are fracking huge now. That's exactly what we and they weren't, now. And they weren't always this fracking huge. And we played with four players on TVs that were half the size of what they are now. I think eight controllers could be cool. <clears throat> like, say, what, what if you could all, what if, what if everybody could play Madden at the same time? And I could be the wide receiver and just run the route. I think that'd be a pretty cool concept. I'd play that. Mm. You do enjoy turning tight ends into wide receivers. Uh, more news came out today about uh, Pokemon X, X and Y are coming out in uh, another month or so. And Nintendo has released the idea of the Pokemon Bank. Pokebank. I know you've been following this. Basically, it is a giant cloud-based box for all your Pokemon for a fee, of course. And you can transfer Pokemon from multiple different uh, games from the past. I guess it's Pokemon Black, White, uh, Black 2, and White 2. And transfer them to the, into the bank. And same thing with those from X and Y. And you can have these Pokemon everywhere and you can do stuff with them. So people are excited uh. about that. Yeah, it, it, so it's Nintendo joining. It's it's one step closer to that Pokemon MMORPG that we all want. I know you want it. Um, Nintendo is, <laughs> is is trying to make more money off of Pokemon, which kept it alive it's, for ten years. It's shocking, right? Yeah, it it really is. Can can we wake me up when something interesting comes out of Nintendo? Oh, oh, that is harsh. That's I'm harsh. just saying it's it's true though. All right, and now I have. The ultimate tidden bit to end on. Are you ready for okay. this? Okay. I'm ready for this. I was just brought this was just brought to my attention on Twitter the other day. But uh oh, there's a new movie. Oh geez. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's coming out for wide release October fourth, and it the 4th is of October the fourth. Okay. Yep. And what it is? It is Lin Sanity. The what Jeremy Lin story. No way. It is called Lin Sanity, yes. No way. It was an official selection at the Sundance Film Festival. This isn't real. This yes. is not real. It's totally real. You love it. Jeremy Lin, yes. This is getting a wide release in movie theaters? I don't know how wide it's going to be, but it's a documentary. Oh, okay. It's a documentary yeah. on, Dan uh, um, on Daniel Day Kim. On, on <laughs> Jeremy Lin. It's being, he's being played by Daniel Day Kim from Lost. Oh my god, that is awesome. So now you want to watch it, don't you? You know what that is? It's Linsanity. Linsanity. Oh my god, that's just crazy. Okay, I, I, I'm done with that goofiness, but anyway. That is just insane. Or it's Linsane. It's, it is quite Linsane, so. Quite Linsane. Um, can we move on? I don't want to talk. About <laughs> yes, we can totally move on. I, I think that's just a bad. Yeah, let's not talk about Linsanity anymore. Folks, we got to talk about board games tonight, which is the topic du jour. It's the topic of the day. Mm, I'll have that. Exactly. Of course you will. <laughs> Everyone else will as well. So I, I thought, you know, it would be interesting to talk about some of our favorite board games from the past. Talk a little bit about some of the board games we like to play and potentially where we think board games are going and also um you know but the talk about the popularity of board games uh worldwide and also here in the great united states of america mm -hmm. but uh why don't we start 
with some of the, the the board games that you played as a kid that you really enjoyed. Yes. Um, that might be maybe off the beaten path or whatever the case might be, well, or even on the beaten path, whatever you like. We've 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 dubbed this uh, we've dubbed this uh, segment Beyond Candyland. It's completely and utterly stolen from a great Pax East panel a few years ago done by the guys at Geek Nights. Basically, yes. because everyone knows Candyland, right? That's what everyone grew up with. I never actually grew up with Candyland. I grew I, up with Candyland. I started off with Monopoly. Yeah, basically. I didn't start off with Monopoly, but More it was less. not far behind. It was Monopoly. It was maybe Sorry, Trouble, the Popomatic Trouble. Yeah, definitely. You know, Popomatic uh, Trouble is a great one. Uh, Mr. Game Show. I didn't have Mr. Game Show. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I know the guy, like the guy with like the moving mouth. Yes. Uh, 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 have you seen yeah. that on Beard and Board, Beard and Board Games? Yes, I have. That was the game I had as a kid. Yes. It was oh, great. that is a that is absolutely <laughs> awesome. Anyway, my point is a lot of games of uh, chance, more or less, or chance was a big part of them. And this is what, you know, name some of the games that you've done as well uh, yeah. or that you used to play as a kid. And I bet chance had a big part of them. What were some of yours? Oh, yeah. I mean, as a kid. There's no question about it. I mean, I I did like Candyland, shoots and ladders. Yeah, played that, that a lot a as a kid. Pure chance, yeah. Pure chance, not as pure chance as Candyland, which is basically just war. Yeah, we have some people from the. Uh, oh well, yeah, Candyland, war, uh, games like that were brilliantly uh, metaphorically stated as uh, by the guys from Geek Nights as flipping a coin. And slowly over the course of about five or ten minutes uncovering who won. Because right. once you the game starts and the cards are shuffled, the coins flipped, whatever, you have no impact on the rest of the game. It's pure yeah, chance right. what happens. The game is the game is already <clears throat> over, essentially. Right. And you have um, you have some you have I'm I'm looking through the the uh whatchamacallit, the uh sci uh, viewer comments, thank you. Yeah. Uh we have things like trivial pursuit, which is pure just trivial knowledge. That's a little right. bit different. But you have stuff like uh, Clue. Clue is one of my favorites. I still have Clue. Great, uh, a great movie as well. But again, some awesome somewhat, uh, you know, there's there's still an ele- a large element of risk. Uh, or, Battleship. Played a lot of Battleship as a kid. Yeah. That's a lot of guessing, really. It's, right. it's hard to tell where things are. Yeah, um, but, you know, you can, you can do things in a strategic way to increase your odds of winning. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that uh, a lot of these games that are... Amer- North Americans, uh, I'll even lump in some Canadians there, uh, that you're, they grew up with games that are very heavily chance-based. Yes. You know? Uh, for whatever reason. Yes. You could probably have, have whole papers written on why those types of games just have become the standard board games for the longest time in the Americas. Right. Whereas... Well- Sorry. In in the Americas, because we have that kind of the idea of the family game night, you know, the yeah. idea that that, you know, the only time you'd buy a board game or play board games is if you're either yeah. a kid or you are trying to play with in a family setting, something to do with the kids. Mm-hmm. And, and and Techie there, it does say he makes a point, And yeah, I don't want to be misunderstood. Mostly chance games are different from all chance games. I mean. Mm-hmm. War is an all-chance game, okay? Yes. Uh, so is Candyland. And, so is Candyland. You know, but you Monopoly, could make an argument that you could flick the spinner in a certain way that would yeah, but like stuff, affect shoots and ladders. Stuff like Monopoly is 
I would say mostly chance. You know, there's things you can do, but really, there's if you if you land on the mo- on more properties first and you have the chance to buy yeah. them first, you're yeah. probably going to win more often than exactly. not. And that why how is that determined? Roll the dice. So. Right. No matter what kind of strategy you employ yeah. to begin, with, you can increase your odds of winning, but you can never really solidify your chance of winning. Sure. And so the reason I say that that's what most Americans and Canadians have grown up with is because. Europe's been different from this, and we saw a great uh, uh, homespun documentary. What was it called? Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it right now. Holy crap. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can't think of the name of it. It might have actually been like Board Game, the the documentary or something like that. Yeah, I think it was something like that. If you Google Board Game Documentary, you'll find it. Paper, there's something. I think it's Going Cardboard or Beyond Cardboard. I'm sure someone in the chat will bring it up immediately. The point is that it was a great documentary that was talking about the growth of a different type of board game in Europe, specifically Germany, yep. in like the late 70s, early ni- early 80s, mm-hmm. which was a lot more strategically based. Right. You know, uh, and that became the design. The, that's that's the rise of the so-called designer board game, board games right. that have the designer's name right there on the box, you know. Right. Sometimes we call them German board games. Sometimes call them German board games or, exactly. Euro- or European style board games. Things right. like um, I think the game that's best that most people nowadays in America, because this is this is spread across the Atlantic, and now most of us know about them. The one game I, I, I would say most people have heard of, if they've heard of any of these games, is Settlers of Catan. Yep. Uh, and if you look at Catan's that, almost everywhere now. Yeah, if you look at that box, and not to mention fifty different variants, but if you look at the box, what do you see right there? Klaus Tauber. Yeah, I'm not saying that name right. I'm sure, but regardless, yeah. Yeah. it's a designer board game because the designer's name is on the box. He has credit for it, you know, yes. and he has other games that he's built, and those names, like the directors of a, like the director of a movie or the singer of a song. You can identify games by the designer, and they're going to be, more often than not, somewhat similar, and people can pick out things that they like based on the designer. That's why they're called designer Ex- board games. Exactly, and I think... Going cardboard, you know, the, thank you. The, the way that this... Going cardboard, there you go. The the, um, the, the thought about this that, that's pretty cool is you see in Europe the rise of the German board game because there becomes this kind of national celebration of strategic gaming Mm -hmm. right um which you don't really see many places elsewhere and so there is actually the a german award that is granted every year to the best Mm -hmm. game produced that that is voted on and and kind of has this kind of um national appeal in germany the spiel des jahres the game of the year i'm glad that you pronounced it because i was gonna horribly muck it up so the Spiel des Jahres, where and and this mm-hmm. becomes kind of the gold standard. You, everybody yeah. puts out a game because they want to win Spiel des Jahres. Because if you do win, it's an almost an automatic note of you becoming a million seller within Germany with a board game. At least, so I, everyone wanted to be. You know, it's it's the kind of same way you like a a movie that's not very well that doesn't do very well commercially and then it wins an Oscar and then everybody goes out and sees it. Yeah. And uh, I think one of uh, an American developed board game that won that award a few years ago, I believe it won it, maybe got second place was uh, Dominion. Dominion. And and just, just by winning that award that got the name out. And it's it, I would even argue it is perhaps this, it was secondary to Catan in, in terms of, 
well-known German-style board games that are, right. even though it was American-based, I think it was made in America, maybe Canada, regardless, Western, Western, um, type games. Most yes. people have heard of Dominion, I would say, if they've heard of any of these games at all. Dominion, and, and, and this this is where we, we have another, we will name some of the other really popular games here in a second, but the, hmm. I, I think one of the other things to think about is this. You can go to, if you go to a, a department store and you go to buy a game, more often than not, what you're going to find are the kid games. You're going to find the, the family games. You're going to find Monopoly. You're going to find Sorry. Mm -hmm. You're going to find Trouble. You're going to find Risk, right? Um, and maybe a couple classics in there. You know, you find some checkers sets and things like that, right? But you really won't you really won't find a lot of these games, or at least you wouldn't, especially even, even two or three years ago, you wouldn't find any of them. The place you'd find these kinds of games we're talking about, if you're in America, is at the kind of geeky D&D &D kind of stores, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The game stores. Or, or so, conventions, like Gen or, Con or, or PAX. Or conventions, you know? exactly. They're kind of relegated to that level, and and... Recently, I was going out to buy some board games, and the only place that I thought to go was out to the game store, the local game store, which, by the way, should all support your local game stores. Mm -hmm. um, but you, you can go to BoardGameGeeks.com, which is an awesome website. Oh, I love that website. Go check it out. Find a good recommended board game, and then go to your local board game store and go buy it there. And there are tons um, of them. There are an amazing amount of board games. There are an incredible amount, number of board games, and, and you can find in Board Game Geeks kind of where how good they are, where they stack rank against each other. It's a really cool site. But my point is, mm -hmm. if you walked, I was shocked to find this. I go out to go buy a game. I was going to go buy this game. It's show and tell time. This is a game called Ticket to Ride. Okay. It's <laughs> actually a sequel um, uh, to the first Ticket to Ride. This is the Ticket to Ride Europe edition. And now we've... It's the sequel to the one of the first uh, Spiel des Jahres. Mm -hmm. Um back in the 90s which is the original ticket to ride which was about building trains across the united states this one happens to be about europe but i went to go buy this game at a game store i did i bought it later that day i went into a regular old department store i went to a target lo and behold ticket to ride was on the shelf at target that's yeah well i mean we yeah it's a it's a it's a pretty first of all can you take your hand and put it up close to the camera thank you Okay. Why am I why am I doing this? You can, you can take it away. Just refocusing. Okay, good. There Focus. we go. There you are. Uh, nice. No, because we we played that uh, at Paxis because they have great yes. uh, tables there where you can just check out a game and try it out, and it is really easy to pick up and play. You're just building really? these. Uh, tell us a little bit about the game. You can probably tell it better than I can. Right. It's now. great. So the game is 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 very strategic, but it's very simple. So. It's easy to pick up and play. You can actually play it with kids if you wanted to, or you can play it against, you know, adults and, and be very strategic about it. But it's a gateway drug uh, of board games is what you're saying. It totally, and Europe is actually a lot cooler because it's got things like ferries mm -hmm. and tunnels, which kind of add to the basic um, formula. But essentially, you're trying to build the largest network of trains, and in Europe, train stations, that link together over a continent to make sure that you can run the trains from a particular city to a particular city. And you're trying to meet the destinations that you draw at the beginning of the game. So like you're trying to build a train from Barcelona to Moscow. 
and your whole job in that game, even though you're not, you don't want to like reveal it because people can build trains, you know, to prevent you from building trains. Like they build it over top, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it becomes very strategic. You're trying to block people. You're trying to build at the same time. So you're never sure whether to be on the offensive or the defensive. And it only gets ridiculously crazy once you kind of get to three or four people, where everyone's trying to build the same trains and no one can do anything because you're just building all over each other. Yes. So it's really, really fun. And there are awards for building the longest train, for having the most train stations, for, you know, connecting the most cities. It's actually really, really neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you don't even really know, you don't even have to know exactly what the goal is to make the game fun. That's why it's simple, but very strategic as well. And that's why you can probably walk into your local Target or Walmart and find Ticket to Ride. It's a great game. Uh, yep. it's, it's a great uh, gateway drug game. Um, this is, uh, I already mentioned this before, Settlers Catan is a classic. This is the gateway drug game for uh, North Americans. Yep. And basically, if you have not heard of it, I'd be very surprised if no one in here has heard of it, in the chat room has heard about it. But basically it's a game where it's a randomly generated island, and you and a bunch of people basically are settling it, creating settlements, making roads. You do this by collecting resources, and you trade resources. And there is an element of... of um, Ran of chance to it because you have uh you know what do you call it uh a die a die that determines what yes. resources come up each day but you can trade and that any game where you can trade i love because i think that adds so much of the human interaction and of course right. it creates the classic uh you know phrase or, or the infinite question sheep for wood sheep for wood i exactly. screwed it up wood for sheep do you have wood for sheep? Do you have wood, I for, have sheep? wood for sheep? I have wood for sheep. I don't have wood for sheep. Yes, you do. No, I don't. <laughs> Especially, well, anyway, different story. Um, so if you're looking for any games like yeah. that to start people up out on, maybe a girlfriend or, or a boyfriend or whatever, significant other, mother, father, try Settlers of Catan, try Ticket to Ride. That's yes. suggestions from both of us. Those are good gateway games into the kind of... Uh, you know, another interesting game that I think is a good gateway... Because there are, you know, remember board games are really all over the map, right? Mm -hmm. And there are card-based board games game. as well. You already mentioned Dominion, for example. Yes. Dominion is a card-based board game, which is actually a, a whole lot of fun. Um, Guillotine was another great card game. Yes. It was a lot of fun. That Munchkin. Okay, Munchkin is another great game. That's uh, it, it's it's kind of a takeoff on D and D where you uh, it's a card game where you basically have a character and you're going through dungeons with other folks and you're battling you know monsters that come out behind right. the door and there's all sorts of silliness it's great um as you try to get up to level 10 and and the game doesn't really make a lot of sense unless you have at least tried to play D&D before yes like it doesn't it it doesn't really make a lot of sense otherwise and what's crazy the munchkin and a munchkin expansion were on the shelf at target next to ticket to ride that's that's great that's awesome i i cannot believe that but it's true um car i uh, Curtain Jerker, which is an interesting name, uh, has already said uh, Carcassonne is another great gateway game. That's one I keeps eluding me. I still have not played it, but from what I understand, yes. it is a and it's a great gateway game. Um, I have Carcassonne for Xbox, and it's yes, awesome. Yeah, you great can also find Settlers on Xbox. Um, yes. and, but you had also mentioned a card game called Guillotine, which talk yes. about a gateway drug uh, game, whatever. Uh, were you there? We have a friend who has like a five-year-old daughter who can beat us at uh, guillotine. 
it, basically wow. it's based off of the it's it's uh you know who i'm talking about yes uh, it's this game where you have a, a lineup of people it's the french revolution and at the end of each turn whoever's in the front of the line gets their head cut off and right. points go to whoever or, or points are subtracted and you play cards to shuffle people in the line or do this or do that or the other and it's a lot it's a simple simple game to learn there's a lot of strategy in it uh, yes. which is a hallmark of any of these games to make them great right <laughs> I, and I think I think Guillotine's actually yes. a really cool a really cool game I, I really enjoyed playing that another card game I was going to show everybody and there are several different iterations of this uh, this one happens to be the zombie edition but this is a game called Flux yes ah uh, Looney Labs Yes, Flux is an awesome game because there's, it's a it's a game. It, the, the premise is actually fairly simple. You start out with a card game with one rule. You pick up a card and you play a card, and it it basically morphs from there into changing the rules, changing the goals, um, and everything, so on and so forth. This is Flux with zombies. There's also Flux with um, Wizard of Oz. There's Space Flux. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of, of different, you know, uh, different versions of Flux, but Flux is a is a genuinely fun game. Again, very easy to pick up. You can pick it up in one game, and uh, it becomes kind of infinite fun, especially for a group of people. You can really play uh, a lot with Flux. It's a, a great, great, easy to pick up gateway game. Yes, uh, a couple of great mentions in the in the comments. Uh, one from our our pal Ju Wario, who picked uh, talked about Puerto Rico, and someone yes. else mentioned uh, Cards Against Humanity. I want to hit both of those in just yes. a minute, but because yep. you just mentioned Flux, here's another great game. One of my favorites, actually, and it's from you, Looney Labs, and it's Back to the Future, the card game. Yep. It's very simple. Uh, well, not very simple. It's rather simple, but basically... It's simple. It's simple. Yeah, it's, it's not that bad. We've, I picked it up pretty quick. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, the point is, is that if you've ever played Chrononauts, which is an older game, uh, also from Looney Labs... Also from Looney Labs. It's, it's yeah, similar. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but basically, you have, a, you have the timeline from Back to the Future, uh, the, the trilogy set out in, line, in uh, cards, you know... And you are given a uh, a character. It's a it's a character that wasn't in the movies. You're like, you know, Biff Tannen's great grandson or something like that. And you come from a right. certain, or a, you come from a certain uh, timeline where one thing happens, another thing doesn't. And so what you need to do is you get cards. You get different versions of the DeLorean time machine or the time train, and you get to change events. And basically, you get you're playing versus other people who have different timelines that they come from you're trying to change events so that's your home timeline and then you you know then you stop emmett brown from discovering time travels so that he can't fix it uh, right and then that's the end of the game it's very clever very well done i actually like this a little bit better than chrononauts because yeah. one it's back to the future but two they add a few different um tweaks to the rules that they learned from probably years of playtesting with chrononauts that they've put into this that actually make it a more robust game so that's fairly cheap yeah. You can find it for I don't know fifteen ish yep. maybe twenty bucks. Well, I think every Looney Labs game is like twenty bucks or yeah. under. Yeah, and, um, and totally worth every penny of that. Yep, that, that's another great uh, American-made uh, game, as well. Yeah, I, I love that one. I think you know. So we should also mention that we have both also <laughs> we both also grew up playing some customizable card games that uh, kind of sit outside the realm of what we're talking about here, but are very fun and interesting as well. In fact, oh, if oh, you're well, interested, yeah. you can go check out a video we made several, God, is it years ago now? Several years ago now, 
uh, where we picked back up an old favorite customizable card game, which was the Star Wars CCG from back in the day. And Star and, Trek. Uh, we, and Star Trek. We did yes. both. We did both. And <clears throat> it's from uh, the mid nineties. Both from both from the now much. defunct Decipher. Um, and we we played them and kind of tried to pick them back up and see if there was anything really good about them or if it was just our rose-colored glasses of nostalgia. And, uh, you know, I'd say it's a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. But, we, we, yeah, we definitely played the crap out of the games. games. And, as Fuzzy Warble says, Magic the Gathering. Yeah, we played uh, we, the we, crap we've, out of that. We've actually played that. We, we played that fairly regularly uh, not too long ago. We got some Magic cards. That's that's still a lot of fun. That's yeah, I was actually like one, actually of, one of the. See if I have my cards still. One here, of the right? definitive, uh, cl- cl- customizable card games. It is yes. the definitive customizable card game, and it still it holds is. up to this day. It, it's that's just it's fun. Oh god! It's... If you've never played Magic, you should play Magic. Um, yeah. So, Pond Life. Anyway, I was going to show some Magic game, Magic cards, but anyway, uh, Pond Life asks uh, any group uh, suggestions for a group of ten or more for a game night, and uh, it was already mentioned. Cards Against Humanity. Yep. Or Apples to Apples. Apples to Apples is basically the clean version of Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. but, but the idea being that you have a group of people. <clears throat> Actually, do you want to you want to um, explain this one? Yeah. So um, so Apples to Apples is fairly simple, and Cards Against Humanity is based on the same principle. But basically, it's a game where facts don't matter; only opinion does. So what happens is, uh, and there are de- several different variations, but in its most basic form. Someone picks a um, picks out a noun, okay? So something to be described, and then everyone has a hand of descriptors, and they take those descriptors and attempt to play them face down uh, in front of this so like adjectives this, uh, concept, right? The, these descriptors, these adjectives, and then the person that played the the the, the noun, the, the the concept card, will then pick up the adjective cards, not knowing who played what. And try to pick out the one that best describes what they played. So completely, completely based only on opinion. Mm-hmm. So the person thinks, "Oh yes, you know what? This is good." And then the idea is to win more rounds than ever than anyone else playing to win the game. You have to win like seven rounds to win. Um, so it becomes really interesting because you have these really interesting concepts like you know um, <laughs> USA and Helen Keller. And, you know, uh, Bill Clinton and just these weird little things like how they kind of relate together. And you just see you learn a lot about people and you learn about how people think and you try to play to those those things. Cards Against Humanity takes that takes that concept and puts it into a context of. I I don't necessarily want to say adult themes, but but. Themes uh, that are darker. Uh, well, darker. not even necessarily darker. Okay, so I got uh, a Cards dark. Against Humanity pack that I picked up at PAX, uh, last yeah. PAX East we went to. This yep. was just like a giveaway they were having, and it's a supplement to the actual game. So here are some of the cards that they give. Um, for example, uh, someone would say, uh, someone would put out this card, and, and uh, the, the person who gets to decide, and they say, I don't know exactly how I got the PAX Plague, but I suspect it had something to do with blank. Blank. Okay? And then people can put down cards that might say, Will Wheaton crashing an actual spaceship? <laughs> uh, I don't know how I got the PAX Plague. I don't know how I got the PAX Plague, but I suspect it had something to do with uh, forgetting to eat and consequently dying. 
Yeah, you know, stuff like, I'm sure there's, or, um, there's something to do with that. That's good. Uh, I suspect it had something to do with Vespine gas. You know, it's yeah. not necessarily dark, but it can get it can get a little raunchier. Uh, it's raunchy. That, that's that, yeah, raunchy body. There are, there's some interesting things in there, but there definitely are some dark cards in there. You know, that have to do with death and diseases and things like that. Vespine gas. Things that you would definitely not be playing on family game night. <laughs> yes. So cards, the, yeah. cards against humanity are really is really not for family game night, but it's the same basic concept. Again, really fun game. You have a lot of people. That's a great game to play. Mm-hmm. I will recommend a game that is phenomenal. Not necessarily a board game per se, but it's in the board game se- section. You should totally get it. Is a game called Catchphrase. It's an oldie but a goodie. That's a good. That's an old one. Electronic that's based. Okay, you take the the little catchphrase, and you basically play a game of hot potato and charades at the same time. So it's hot potato charades with a little electronic thing that beeps continuously and beeps faster together um, as it's running out of time. So it's stressful. Yes. Um, Also, I want to add one more thing. If you want to see a game of Cards Against Humanity played and done funnily, uh, you should uh, check out on YouTube. Uh, We should check them out anyway, but beer and board games. It's yes. folks who drink uh, too much beer and play yes. in a board game. It's actually a sketch comedy troupe. Uh, and try to survive. They're yes. pretty funny. Um, uh, someone uh, who someone was saying about Risk. Uh, ooh, I don't even know how to name that, say that name. Nar- Narbro Taka. Don't, doesn't know if we've talked about Risk, but love to hear about it since never played it. Uh, yeah. I like Risk, personally. I think it I is, too. it's a step above the standard Monopoly type game i think there's a little bit more it's not access and allies craziness where it takes an hour to complete a turn right uh but it's fun i you know it's it basically you know the world's divided into these regions and there's a lot of there's a lot of risk there's a lot of chance involved there's a lot of dice throwing but it's not normally going to take you you know six days to finish a game it'll probably take a few hours yeah and but but the reason I that, that I think people don't like risk is because there are basically not there's no perfect strategy for risk. You can't solve risk uh, because there is some, at least some chance involved. But if everybody plays with optimum strategy, then the game could foreseeably go on forever. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's one of the things that we liked about the Geek Nights, for example, and some of the talks they've given at PAX is they talk about some of the games that are quote unquote solved which would be perfect strategy like tic-tac-toe where if everyone plays with perfect strategy no one will ever win it will always be uh, a tie but risk is not solvable but if everybody knows when to roll the dice and when to keep going and when to stop it can be quasi solved um which i they have a term for that that i forget right now which is embarrassing since i've seen their talk so many times um, but there's a way to basically everyone plays with optimum strategy, and if everyone does, then you pretty much have the same chance to win. It just takes the fun out of the game because everyone's working the exact same strategy. Um, we're we're running long, uh, definitely, yeah. which I figured. But I wanted to talk touch on a couple more uh, real quick. Well, first of all, Jewario was saying earlier, and I think you might appreciate this: that Legend of the Five Rings was a great yes. customizable card game from the mid '90s. I didn't play I it didn't so play much. That. I didn't play that very long. I played that for probably a, a couple months. You played it more than and, I did, though. Yeah, and I loved it, but I, you know, I got into it probably a little too late for its own good. A little more esoteric of a game, but it looked interesting. I just never got into it. Jewario uh, earlier also mentioned uh, uh, Puerto Rico, which is a great resource management game. 
Uh, basically, it's like you're a, a, an oldie, old-timey uh, captain or something on the island of Puerto Rico when it was a colony, and you just basically you are making resources like uh, corn or coffee, tobacco, and you're yep. selling them or using them for whatchamacallits. A similar type game, but a card game mm-hmm. that I found not too long ago that I really like is called Race for the Galaxy. Uh, hmm. And it's similar. I like this more than Puerto Rico, mainly because of the setting, because it's a galaxy. Basically, you have a home, you have planets, and you buy planets, and you make these resources to get the planets and so forth. I'm just quickly mentioning that if you like Puerto Rico at all, look for Race of the Galaxy, or at least look into it a little bit. I like it. It's good. That's uh, cool. And then, um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Did, what did you have? I had one last one I wanted to go over. Did you have one? I bet it's the same one. Go ahead. Say what you're gonna say. I was gonna say. This is one of my favorite board games ever. But, Battlestar Galactica. Yep, we were thinking the same thing. The board game, which I happen to have right here. I also have the Pegasus expansion, which is... I haven't checked out the other expansions yet. I think there's only one, maybe two. But regardless, this is based on the rebooted show. Yes. Um, and the idea it's is... It's lots of fun. Yes, it's, it's a, it's a thea- uh, theoretically cooperative board game. Mm-hmm. Where uh, it's some somewhat similar to Pandemic, if you've ever played that, which is also a great game. It's quite also on the shelf at Target. Pandemic. That's pretty amazing. That is amazing. But yeah, um, basically, you the in the in Battlestar Galactica, you're all humans that are a part of the human fleet trying to escape the Cylons and make your way to Kobol. It, it only right. goes that far. It, it that only goes chestnut. as far as like the first season or two in the in this game. That's only yes. as far as it the show had gone when the game came out. Uh, So uh, basically, however, at least one of you is a sleeper Cylon agent who is sabotaging. (laughs) If you're good, it usually usually is me and I usually win. This is why I like the game. No, uh, at least one person of the human players is a sleeper Cylon agent. Who's trying to, you know, sabotage you all. So the interacting, the acting that needs to be done to uh if you're a cylon to try to get your objective done without giving yourself away there's you know deception and lying and a lot of human interaction that i really really love uh and it's a very well balanced game if everyone's playing the way they should we almost always have it down to the wire yeah i agree it's it's one of the best in in that regard i think it's one of the best engineered games i've ever played there are a lot of elements to it you know to to the to to the kind of level of even having space battles and things like that outside of the ship. Um, so it's it's very complete. There's a lot of elements to it, but it's not ridiculously complicated. Um, you know, uh, pretty much anybody can pick it up as long as they're interested in playing a sci-fi board game and kind of get past that fact. Mm-hmm. They can pick it up and play it, and it's a lot of fun. I really like Battlestar. Oh, yeah. You don't have to be a fan of the show to like the game. Not it at doesn't all. hurt, though. But I think, you know, if you're looking for a game like that, you mentioned Pandemic. I think it's a great segue because Pandemic is something mm-hmm. really literally anybody can pick up. And, you know, Pandemic is really a, a flip of a coin proposition. You either win, you all win, or you all lose. With Battlestar, you, you know, you could have any group of people that could win and any group of people that could lose. And uh, it really depends on what unfolds during the course of the game. So it's kind of a crazy version of Pandemic in some ways. Yes. 
That's so, controllable by your own actions and perceptions and things like that. I guess with all the uh, uh, game, ga- board games we've thrown at people over the course of the past 40 minutes or so, just talking it all up, and you go to Board Game Geek and you see just the thousands, literally, of board games that are coming out all the time. Absolutely. I, I think and, we're doing pretty well as far as yeah, board game fans. right? About yeah, and, and I think the, the fact that you have Pandemic and Munchkin and Ticket to Ride and Catan and Carcassonne inside inside basic department stores now yeah, it's seeping into more pop uh, popular pop, popular culture it, exactly public consciousness it's, it's becoming something of a more acceptable thing to do where adults sit down to play board games together and there's no you know it's not it doesn't have to be family game night it doesn't have to be uh, a kid's game it can be something that adults do in their spare time and it's not just you know senior citizens putting puzzles together, right? Um, it's, it, there are a lot of really fun games out there to play, and I recommend checking out BoardGameGeek.com uh, and, and checking out a couple of yourself, because I think any of the ones we've mentioned are, are actually really cool. But there, we have only scratched the surface. <laughs> so much more to do. It's Lynn Sandy. It's Lynn Sane. Folks, time to move on. We're going to talk now about the question and answer portion of the program. A lot of great questions have already come in. The quiz and it's. Yes. If you would like to ask a question, all you have to do is check out my username there, Commodore128. Click on it in the upper right-hand corner and click PM, which is private message, and send me your question. The best questions I will ask and Rue and myself will answer during the question and answer portion of the program, which is right now. Rue, are you ready? Yep, I am ready as soon as I tweet this out. Go ahead. Okay. Ace2020 Boyd asks, Would you or Rue like to see Star Trek Enterprise get a fifth season on Netflix? Is that seriously something that would happen, or is that more like a fan thing? I think it's more of a fan thing. Uh, um, I would love to. I was really, you know, okay. The first couple seasons of Enterprise, very meh. Uh, the third season was definitely a turn for the better. I don't think you've seen any Enterprise, really, have you? You saw a little uh, bit. I have. Only the first season, though. Yeah, okay. Uh, the fourth season, I thought, was excellent. Uh, almost without fail, except for maybe the first um, episode, which had to deal with time-traveling space Nazis. But uh, other than that, it was actually very good. Oh, and the last episode was a little bit, which is more of a Next Generation episode. But I'm parsing. Um... I was really looking forward into them getting... Uh, they finally were finding their footing. I wanted to see more of the Romulan War, which they never even got into, the founding of the Federation. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of sad that the thing I was excited about most from the very moment I heard that Enterprise as a show was being made in that time period was that's what I wanted to see, and they never even got to it. So hmm. I've actually started picking up some of the books, uh, the novels that have been written, the kind of expanded universe that to fill in those gaps. But... I think uh, people are getting really crazy about the idea that so Netflix now has shows like um, House of Cards that have been nominated for Emmys. Mm-hmm. It's kind of legitimated the the production methodology they use, and so now Netflix is getting offers to do all kinds of things. Um, they just not just had, Netflix. Or, uh, you got Hulu not too. Just Netflix, Amazon, that's exactly Video right. As well. That's exactly right. And people are kind of kind of starting to think, man. I could do some stuff that wouldn't normally get picked up by broadcast networks, and I can just do it on something like Netflix. Um, so, you know, would I like to see a Star Trek series that potentially wouldn't be popular on broadcast happen on something like Netflix? I think that's a great idea. Um, for me, that's the perfect medium for a new Star Trek show. 
if if it's not enterprise, something something even brand new. Uh, it's niche, but it's something that people would sign up for a different kind of service like Netflix to be able to watch and be able to watch in its entirety without having to sit there and wait a week or months in between seasons or episodes. Uh, this is kind of random, but I just wanted to show, tell you about this because I, I was going to tell you about it regardless, but might as well now during the show. Um, there is a new show on Hulu called mm-hmm. Quick Draw that Draw. Uh, I just recently found a few days ago, and I think it's hilarious. It's a it's an original show that they're doing. It's it's uh, like a Western comedy, kind of uh, uh, improv improvised. Mm-hmm. It's like in that mm-hmm. style where like they probably set out and they have some sort of a vague concept of a plot and then they just go and then they edit it all together. I kind of uh, don't envy the editor's job, but it comes together really well. It's basically the idea is like huh. this guy has like a Harvard trained uh, forensic scientist who goes out to be a, a, a sheriff in this town, this West, Western town shortly after the Civil War. It's, it's. I just think it was really funny. You should check out huh. an episode or two. But anyway, I will do that. Neither that here good. nor there. But Sa- the sounds like uh, that could be fodder for our uh, for another episode Ooh. where we try to convince each other to, to watch something. We should do that. Convince me on uh, original uh, internet original uh, shows. I already know what mine is. That sounds good to me. Doctor uh, Techno Gothic asks, Do you remember an old board game called Go for Broke? It was kind of like Monopoly in reverse. That sounds very familiar. Yeah, I remember. I, I remember something about that, but I remember. I think I saw that on beer board games. Well, I I think what you're thinking of is um, payday. Payday no, was no. Like, I think I saw a Go for Broke on beer and board games actually. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, because well, it, it's kind of like Brewster's Millions. If you ever saw that movie from the '80s with oh, Richard Pryor, yeah, yeah, yeah. where a guy yeah. has a bunch of money and he has to give it all away within a certain amount of time to get even more right. money. Right. But anyway, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never played it, but I've heard of it. That's a long answer, yeah. made short. Hunter forty four twenty seven asks, "What do you think would be a cool idea for a new board game?" Oh my god! I, I guess maybe they're asking. I, I, so I'll I'll jump in here. I this is this is not going to be too difficult to figure out. But I would really like to see a well done version of Game of Thrones in a board game. Yes, um, I heard that the Game of Thrones board game was not done well, unfortunately. Yeah, and and so so alongside some of the other things that were in Target, there was a Game of Thrones board game. Naturally, uh, not not the one that you and I saw at PAX, which actually looks the opposite direction. It looks ridiculously complicated and like a, a, an absolute nightmare to try to figure out how to play. <laughs> This one looked overly simplistic. There were just two houses, and it wasn't didn't it looked looked overly simplistic and not very engaging. Just kind of a cash grab from the show. Sure, um, naturally. So um, I'd like to see a really well done Game of Thrones board game, or even just Game of Thrones Risk. You know, just something where you can good old fashioned kind of line up and try to take stuff over. Well, you know, back when Lord of the Rings was super big, uh, they had Lord of the Rings Risk. Yes. Uh, they actually had two versions. They had one that covered the first movie or so, and then they had one that covered like the third movie that had more of all of Middle Earth. And that yep. second version was actually very good. They tweaked certain things. Uh, we, I think we played that a, a time or two. Um, yeah, no, and it was all good changes. So I thought that was that was a cash grab done well, actually. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a good point. Uh, I, I agree with that. All Gen Gamer ninety three asks. Why all the hate against the PS4, Commodore? Yeah, Commodore. Jeez. I have never 
I don't why? know why there's there's a, I've never hated against the, the PS4. Why you got to be hating? I if I have hate against anything, it's it's you know actually I don't really have hate against much. Hate I mean, I hate Apple to a certain degree, but um, <laughs> really I only hate the iPhone. But that's not a necessarily a you're a self-loathing Apple lover. Even even the Apple lovers or the Apple apologists, so to speak, and are, are realize that they're they're kind of cra- the the company's kind of crazy. I have a <clears throat> coworker who has Apple everything, and his uh, screensaver at work is uh, the Apple logo, and it just says underneath, "We're drunk with power." Yes, so, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like accurate. You know, it's it's the what the old IBM was is what mm-hmm. they are now. Um, let's yeah. see. Uh, yeah, but 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 you know, more to the point, I I, I don't know. I, I I don't really have any hate against the PS4 at all. I, I think it's a perfectly legitimate concept. I <laughs> yeah, I just Commodore. don't. I don't think I'm going to be purchasing any of the next generation consoles. If I'm going to buy any one sooner than any of the others, I'd buy a Wii U probably before I'd buy the others. Well, geez, um, I mean, we got all these quotes right here about how you how much you hate the PS4. Well, there it is. See, and everyone's misquoting the Commodore. All over again. Um, the PS4 <laughs> look like a kid's toy. That's a good one. I like that. Misquote him um, again for the first time. Oh, you hate Xbox too now? What the hell? Yeah, I hate them all. Apparently, I hate everything. <laughs> well, you did kind of just say that. You said you were going to go for a week or so. You Nintendo fanboy. Yeah, I totally am. Um, let's see. Uh, man, there's actually a ton of questions today. This is good. Lots of good questions coming in. Only well, we pick good ones. All right. What? Here. We, oh, sorry. Congo Bongo. Many, many questions from Congo Bongo alone. Um, and some of them verge on the edge of, of, of you know, absurd and insane. And uh, and some of them are, are good. So I'm going to pick one of the good ones. Okay. What do you guys think of the new remastered craze with video games like DuckTales, Castle of Illusion, etc.? Depends how well it's done. Um, yeah, I thank mean, you, lady. Uh, I thought again we, we went over this last time, but I thought DuckTales Remastered was done very well. I thought they didn't change what didn't need to be changed, and I thought they improved what could be improved. Yeah, uh, I have no problem with it, basically. No, no but I, I think in general, you know, the thought that you have to relaunch games is is flawed in some way. I mean, yeah, it shows um, a lack of imagination inherently. Uh, but you know, I, I'm not going to get on board with that. Here's what I will say. Yeah. What I will say is that why can't we just enjoy the games that were? So, if Nintendo is to survive, here let me let me make a let me make a postulate. <clears throat> okay, if Nintendo is to survive, and I think they can. What they need to do very, very, very quickly is, is they need to realize how they can make money using it better, using the properties that they sold 25 years ago than they're doing right now. And the way to do that for my money is not to remake them. It's just to make them more readily available in a digestible format. That's it. So what you're saying is you hate babies. Yes, that's exactly what, what I'm saying. That's what I thought. But we're, to take the oppositional point of view, you why know. can't Nintendo just make their old games available? It makes no sense. Just have they're people pay a couple they're, bucks. No, yeah. but they're not. They're not slowly. Slowly is not is not an effective argument anymore. Oh, I, I mean, I They launched, agree. how long ago did the Wii launch? And how long ago could they have started putting out 
some of their old games that people could buy and just play them the way that they were. Not with some kind of crazy new graphics or new levels or any of this other garbage. Just release the game. And what it, 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 to me, it makes no sense why the easiest way to go play some of the games for Nintendo, I'm going to say it, the easiest way to play some of those old games for Nintendo is on an emulator. <gasps> that makes no sense to me. Well, As a company, that means you're missing out on what you're on what the consumers really are looking for. This is what and the I played the Earthbound fan for so long until very recently. This is that is exactly my point. If Nintendo just puts out Earthbound at a reasonable price point long ago, guess what? Hmm. Not only would everybody have had Earthbound, but they would have made a lot more money off of it because it was it it was something that people have been looking for for a long time. Instead, they danced around it. They made excuses. They, you know, did and, all kinds of... And they're still making plenty of money off of it, so... And they're still making plenty of money off it, but not... But my point is, they could do so much better. They could capitalize on this stuff so much better than they're doing. And instead, it just becomes this kind of unwritten rule that you're not allowed to talk about some of the stuff that you did before. Oh, isn't this a great game that we're not going to announce anything about? And then all of a sudden, boom, it comes out and, you know, it, it's there. Go ahead. Now you guys can take it. It's like, where has this been? For the last decade, you guys sitting are just on sitting it. on it. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, rant over. <laughs> um, I, I just don't know why people do that. R two three nineteen asks: Do either of you have any thoughts on visual novels and why they are not popular in the West, despite being a popular game genre in Japan? Visual novels. Um, this, is a, this is a good thought. I, I think this, you could you could you could. Bundle a lot of things into this category of things that are very popular in Japan and not very popular well, in the West. Well, that's a long list. Uh, but I, list. Like, like Room, I can't think of the, that, that DS game. Room something something. 319 oh, yeah, or something like that. Yes, or yes, Nine yes, Persons, yes. Nine Doors, 999. Uh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> Strangely enough, I haven't played either of those games. Instead, I played a pretty obscure DS game called Time Hollow. Which mm. is, uh, yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's essentially a visual novel. Um, mm. Why is it not more popular here? That's That, I think, is a question that probably stems back more to a, a cultural difference, more than it is because games are good or games are bad. It's just, it's a cultural thing. I think, you know... We want more action in large, our games? Well, I think, by and large, people have have read less and less in games since their inception i think stories in games have become a lot more interesting and complex in games than they used to be um the kind of concept of interactive novels had its time and place here which i know is not the same but it's close like um text adventure games basically is what you're saying yes yeah. yes hotel but, dusk and, thank you uh, hotel dusk 215 that's that's the one so, um, you know, I think you, you, you tie all those things together, and what you realize is that people here, I think, ex just want different things out of their video games than people in Japan do. Hey, Commodore, where, yeah. how, if someone wanted to ask you a question, yeah, or ask us a question, how would they do so? Oh, well, all you have to do is go and click on my name, which you will find right there, Commodore128. Click in the upper right-hand corner, <coughs> click on me, click PM, send me the question. Boom. And if it's good... I'll answer it. And if it's not, then screw you. Wow. You're pretty violent tonight. Am I? Am I really? A little bit. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say anything badly. With about, all your PS4 hate. And yeah, all my PS4 hate. How much, yeah. much I hate Nintendo. It's, um, Fuzzy Warbles asks, best video game board game? 
Ooh. I'm not sure that's necessarily a question, but you can intuit what he's really asking. Is there a question mark? Because that makes it a question. Yeah, there's a question mark. Okay, good. Um, Where did you learn that? Third grade? <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with that? Um, wow. There must be some more recently. <laughs> I can only think of really old ones, like Sonic the Hedgehog, the board game. Which was okay. Um, so I'll throw one out there. Okay. Probably the best board game. I think the best board game video game of all time is Mario Party. Wait, are we talking about board game video games or video game board games? I thought it was I thought it was video game board games, but I could be wrong. Let me let me read that again. Yeah, so a video game themed board game. That's what let's I do thought, both. Yeah, I thought it was more a video game that featured board games. I thought it was a board game that featured video games. Yeah, see, look, we read that completely differently, even though we both read the and same. I, I don't even know, though there was a question mark, I don't know what's wrong yeah. with this. I don't. Yeah, the question mark was there. I okay. clearly saw it. Okay, answer both. So wait, just just the Mario Party series in general is the best. Yeah, Mario Party series is phenomenal. Um, yeah, that's pretty fair. Um, pretty much every single one of them is fun with a group. It's great. I will give a uh, uh, honorable mention to Anticipation on the NES. Um, it's like I used to play. I used to play Monopoly in the Commodore. It's like Win Loser Draw. Um, <laughs> Win Loser Draw was actually a lot of fun. I had that for Commodore sixty four as well. Okay, best video game themed board game. Oof. You know what? Donkey Kong Jenga is fun. Donkey Kong Jenga. <laughs> I'm serious. It's pretty good. You're 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 reaching. You're reaching. Yes. Yes, I am. Um, I do Pokemon know. Monopoly. That's not bad. Pokemon Monopoly. That's not. That's not really. A, that's a, that's just tacking it on another game. Yeah, but that's what I mean. There's not really any Man, good board games that I are video. I don't know of many lately. No. That use video game that. properties. That's weird. Anyone have it's any quite... ideas of new ones? That's a terrible idea. Hmm. Um, Pond Life card game. asks, if you could play your favorite board game with any five people throughout history, who would they be? Anyone. Let's see. Scarlett Johansson. Wait, wait, wait. What? Hold on. All right. You get to name one, then I get to name one. That's how this works. Oh, is this how it works? But there's well, five. You, why, you want to name your own five? Well, no, hold on. Because right, you're gonna, just going to hog all five. Who gets more? I think you should get you should get more. You started it. Okay, good. I already did one. Plus, plus you led with one that, let's be honest, I would have absolutely no problem with. All right, there we go. I mean, I'm not sure she'd make my top five, but I'm certainly not kicking her out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. Yes, and also what board game? Okay, you get to name the board game at, at oh, last. So, so we'll do okay. the five right, people, cool. and then you finish off right, the board so, game. So, let me, I, I probably need to write this. So, Scarlett Johansson is playing with us. Yes. Uh, I would also want to play a board game with... Man, this is a tough one. I would like to play with Albert Einstein. That's number two. Okay, Christina Hendricks. You are sticking with a theme. Yes, here. I am. So I'll stick with mine. So I we also, have Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Albert Einstein. Christina Hendricks. Yes. Um, I would like to play a board game with Napoleon Bonaparte. Are you going to say Napoleon Dynamite? Napoleon Dynamite, who's not even real. <laughs> He's and, real to me, damn it. And number five? Um, oh, man, I, I, I lost. Um. Shoot. 
you are bad at this. You you were the one that set the theme for yourself, and you've lost this one already. I know. I broke. Um, so say Allison Brie, and let's get it over with. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Allison Brie. Boom. Yes. All right, and the game is? The game is, well, let's see. If we have Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> if we have Albert Einstein, we have uh, Christine Hendricks, we have uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, and we have Allison Brie. Mm-hmm. Then the only logical game for us to play would be high stakes old maid. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I was gonna say Twister and Napoleon and Albert could spin the little dealio. The dealio? The dealio. They can call it out? Yep. See Vulcan Assassin's on the same page as me, so. I could I could get uh, I could get all twisted up with that lot. Let's see. Um, Techie asks, "Can Mega Man ever go 3D?" That's a great question. Uh, sure. Has it been done well so far? No. No. Doesn't mean it can't be done. Right. Well. Well. I just don't know. Yeah, I, you know. Also, Olivia Dabo in her mid twenties. Stop. Oh, sorry, I got distracted. So we're we're done with that. Yeah, oh. we're that we recycled that one. All oh. right, so I would say yeah. That's very say, green of you. Yeah, I would say yeah. I know. I would say that. I would say Mega Man can go 3D. You know, Castlevania had a difficult transition. <laughs> uh, Sonic had a rough transition. Um, but you know, there have been some very solid 3D games in those franchises. They haven't been consistently good, but there have been some solid entries. And, um, you know, I think, for, at least for Castlevania, that's only getting better. Um, Sonic is another story. But, you know, uh, you know, the, I, I, I could see it making the transition to 3D and being fun. The question, though, one of the, one of the reasons that, that Mega Man is fun is precisely because of the limitations of what Mega Man can do. Mm. If you kind of open it up to, to 3D, I'm not sure it gets much more fun, you know. The, the other thing that you could probably compare it most to is Metroid. Metroid was fun in 3D once they did it right. Yeah, people are giving us blowback because they really like Mega Man Legends. I'm going to go, eh. Yeah, meh. 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 All right, right let's see here. Uh, okay, uh, let's see. Vulcan Assassin, do either of you play slash enjoy Monopoly? And if so, what house rules do you like to use, if any? Uh, yes, I do enjoy it i don't play it as much as i'd like because it's hard to find people who do play it or enjoy it or play it uh the problem is the problem is house rules you shouldn't play with any house rules you should play it the way it's meant to be played and it actually goes much quicker the chief complaint with monopoly and yes i love to play it myself although i don't play it very often the chief complaint is that the games run on forever this is actually a falsehood it's a falsity Mm -hmm. false falsehood falsity also i did really enjoy sonic generations but anyway um, yes. It's falsehood. Because if you actually play by the rules, a game will never last you more than an hour. It's impossible. Yeah, so if you land on a, if you land on a property and you don't want it, it has to go to auction. It goes uh, to auction. If you, no questions asked. There's no there's money. There's no such thing as money and free parking. Nope. Uh, there's no, no such... No bailouts. Don't bail out people if they're going bankrupt. Let them go bankrupt. Let them go bankrupt. Uh, and people, for the love of God, trade. Don't just sit on 
non-monopolies for three hours and wonder why yes. the game is going so slowly. That is not fun at all. You no gotta, one will believe you. Gotta take does. your chances and try to, you know, all or nothing. This is capitalism, folks. Do right. it. Right. Go robber baron, some steel, and oil. So I think I think the answer for both of us is exactly the same. We love monopoly and we hate house rules. Yeah. So house rules don't make it fun. When I was a kid, we tried to think of all the cool house rules we could think of, and that was why the games progressed for three days. It was just stupid. <laughs> anyway, Selkie asks, if you could or had to delete one video game from history, which would you choose and why? Ooh. Hmm. Excuse me. Wow. What's a game that's had a very poor impact on the rest on the video game industry um can i delete every call of duty game ever made you could re delete the first one and yeah, but the first one was actually entertaining it's when it became a it's when it became a halo competitor that i started to disdain it um imagine if halo was deleted from history would, yeah, would, just... would microsoft even be making xboxes still probably not the at least not in the way that they're making them now that's for Dag, I'm sure. Or if Super Mario Brothers was deleted from history, would Nintendo have had the success it did? Oh, geez, that's a that's, that's a crazy good question. I don't. Yeah, think I'm so. kind of twisting this question. There's a lot of games that, if you did delete them from history, would have a severe impact on the on the oh, video yeah. game industry. Because there are a lot of bad games. If you deleted, no one would even notice. No, if you deleted so, like ET, that wouldn't change anything. If you deleted, no, it wouldn't change a damn thing. Shaq Fu, no one would care. No, but I would like to delete that because it's it's a terrible game. Shaq food, not ET. Um, anyway, yeah, I think that's yeah, whatever. We'll leave it at that. Final Fantasy VIII that. would be nice to delete if they replaced it with a good game and stopped. And because that that was kind of where it started to go a little bit off the rails. I think I could not uh, I could not agree more. Even the Final Fantasy VII is the prelude to that, but that's okay. I still like Final Fantasy VII. Which video game franchise would? Oh, sorry, Mister Nick Seven asks Sim which which one. video game franchise would you like to see cross over to a board game slash card game. You know what? There was a SimCity card game. Mm. Uh, oh, that's one. That's a good one. There's a Civilization board game. There is a Civilization Didn't board game. Didn't even think of that. That's, that's, uh, that was answering a question from like 15 minutes ago. But That game is probably the most complicated of any of the games we've talked about tonight besides Axis and Allies. Yes, that is not an easy one to get into, but still not a bad game. Anyway. No. Alright, um... Uh, SimCity was a card game in the mid-90s that was very esoteric and a little bit nuts. I would like to see if there was a way for them to fix that and make it easier to approach. I could see a Final Fantasy Tactics board game. So, kind of akin to the D&D &D miniatures game. D&D um, &D miniatures is basically Final Fantasy Tactics just with D&D &D miniatures. <laughs> People are going off on us on all of our video game uh, opinions tonight. They're like, Final Fantasy VIII was great. No, so, it was so not. Mega Man Legends. Like, oh, come on, folks. Mega Man Legends is better than Final Fantasy VIII. I'll say Final that, Fantasy definitely. Final Fantasy VIII yeah, no, is not Final good. Fantasy is not good. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, not, I own it, but that's for completeness. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. There's no real reason to own it any for any other reason. <laughs> A Mario Kart card <laughs> game would be hilariously crazy and bad. I yes, it would. That would be funny. Anyway. Some guy asks, what are your thoughts on the new Android OS called KitKat? Makes me want a KitKat, honestly. 
It does make me want a Kit Kat too, especially when you see the giant Kit Kat outside of the Google Kit Kats Play. are amazing. Kit Kats are very good. I am surprised by this move, though. I didn't think they were going to call it Kit Kat. I thought it was going to be Key Lime Pie, which well, is what everybody's been talking about since the dawn of time. Obviously, some, someone saw some marketing potential and yeah. money. I, I just worry that from now on, you know, yeah. Kit Kats and Androids will be tied together. But who knows? Frankly, I'd rather have a Kit Kat than a Key Lime Pie. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'll take the Kit Kat over the Key Lime Pie. Maybe that's what they thought. What's more appetizing? I'm not saying Key Lime Pie is not appetizing. I'm saying Kit Kats. If you had to choose right now... With the gun up your head, I'd take the Kit Kat 10 times out of 10. No question. Makes me want a peach preserve and peanut butter sandwich. No, it doesn't make me want that at all. Well, it's what I have in the house, so I think I'm going to get that after this. Okay, there you go. Good. Um, (laughs) Here we go. So let's see. How about, and we probably should go to the lightning round at this point. Yep, lightning round. Uh, All right. I feel asleep. asks Have you guys played many PC games, or is it mostly console games these days? I've been playing more PC games than anything in these days. I'm still kind of console heavy, but I but I think the PCs made such a great resurgence. I'm very excited about it. I'm playing a lot Part more the- independent games lately, and PC is king for that. So it is. And the other thing that PC games are are wonderfully ahead of the curve in regard to is the capability to play a lot of old games that just just get refreshed for hardware mm-hmm. so you know you can play a lot of games that traditionally you know were supposed to be played on like windows 95 i was thinking the other day about playing lords of the realm 2 for example lords because of i think the realm 2. because i tweeted this i th- as i started to watch game of thrones the thing i thought of most was playing lords of the realm 2 with game of thrones what a great Ooh. idea why didn't somebody make that you know um this is something I've been meaning to tell you about. Are you familiar at all with a podcast called Hardcore History with Dan Carlin? You need to be. This is pretty awesome. Yeah. I've been yeah. I've been listening lately to his five five or six part epic on the fall of the Roman Republic. It takes like probably nine hours or so to listen to the whole thing. But I yeah. I mean I, I listen to it when I'm driving to work and driving back and it just gives me a giant hankering for uh Civ Civ five. Yes, which which is the same problem I had when I took that Roman history class in college. Every time I I was done with it, I'm like, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna go back to the dorm and play some Civ four. Yeah, no, Civ, Civ three is, at the time. So yeah, Civ is just like it's crack. The best for that man. It's the best for it. It yeah. really is. Uh, but as I was as I was watching Game of Thrones, all I could think about was playing Lords of the Realm two with Westeros, and I think that would be a great idea. Now somebody did this. I, th- I forget what game they used. It might have been Medieval Total War two. But they skinned it for for Game of Thrones with like all the characters and everything, and I I think that would be I think that's great. I just don't play that game, so I don't have the homie. Don't the play that. Part. Yeah, uh, Grubba asks if you could plug yourself into any video game franchise slash standalone game, which would you put yourself into? Great question, Scarlett Johansson. That is not a game, and that is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only disgusting because it's you and not me. Oh. Um. Oops. Yeah. You're you, you're not you're not biting on this one. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Do you got one? It's supposed to be the lightning round. I know. Um. First thing that comes to your head. I would probably say Final Fantasy. Six. You think so? I don't think I, I don't think we find Final Fantasy Six is an awesome. If game. I could be wrong, um, because then you get Celis. Spoiler. Mm, that's pretty good. No, there's no spoilers there. Spoiler. Um, let's see. I would probably say 
Man, there's a lot of really good ones. There's a lot of really good ones. By the way, Civ Maybe 5, Prince of Persia? the new Civ 5 with Brave New World expansion is good. Anyway. Um, uh, Sands of Time. I probably put myself oh, in Sands, Sands of Time. Oh, Sands of Time, huh? Okay. Sands of Time's a great game. Beautiful universe. Uh, the mechanics of it are great. I'd love to be able to wall jump. It'd be great to know that you could reverse time if you ever got stuck somewhere. Take a lot more <laughs> risks. In life. Although, I have to take it back because I'm deathly afraid of heights and could not climb up on those kinds of ledges as easily as he does anyway pepsi man yeah yeah something like that. that's what i thought hector crystal asks what is your opinion of castlevania lords of shadow 2 coming soon i think it's phenomenal as a matter of fact uh now i guess you're asking me about my impressions of the game and not the fact that it's coming soon um uh, i am I really love where Castlevania is going. I played Lords of Shadow, the original, and I thought it was incredibly fun and a market improvement over other 3D Castlevania games in a number of different ways. It just felt more like a Castlevania game than the other ones for some reason. The other ones felt more like God of War clones. Lords of Shadow felt like a Castlevania game that embraced the best parts of uh, what was the game I just said, God of War. Um, it, it, it just pulls in some of those good elements without being a God of War clone. So I like where Castlevania is going. I still think there's plenty of room for 2D Castlevanias in the world, and I'd like to see those things kind of conjoined or, you know, uh, at least continued in, in, in separate veins. But um, I like where Castlevania is going, and I like Lords of Shadow 2. I think it looks really, really good. So I'm excited. I have no opinion. Well, that was easy. But congrats. Thank you, Fuzzy Warbles, for checking out Hardcore History. That it's good. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Pond Life is throwing uh, Scarlet Johansson wallpapers at me. Pardon me for a minute. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, nice. All right, here's the last one. You ready? This 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 is the last one. RPG Gamer six oh six asks, "What what are you guys' thoughts on Transformers Four having Dinobots in it?" I know nothing about Transformers. I never watched it as a kid. I, again, have no opinion on this one. Okay, I did watch Transformers as a kid. I know so all about the Scarlett Death Johansson but, wallpapers. But, but, I have never seen a single Transformers movie, nor do I plan on doing it. It really? just never seemed to me to be a concept I was interested at all in seeing. Just don't care. But it's what? Take another, it's not a concept or a movie I'd, I'd at all no, like to see. It's... Linsane. Linsane. Thank you. Uh, just not not interested. And, you know, so the fact that the new one has Dinobots doesn't shock me. And I don't care. Just like I don't care that Megan What's-Her-Face is not in any of them anymore. I just don't care. Doesn't bother me. Fox. Megan Fox. Anyway. <laughs> well, Megan What's-Her-Face. I mean, that works. It's accurate. It, it, it's accurate. Megan What's-Her-Face uh, with the big thumbs. Anyway, folks, thank you so much for being a part of our little show here today. I think we learned a lot about, uh, uh, I hope you learned a little bit about, the board games we like to play. Maybe you got a, a taste of some of the ones that you'd like to jump into uh, in the future. I think there are a lot of fun ones that you could pick up and play right at your local store. You don't have to go to the game store. But, folks, I'll, remember you, I'll remind you as well, please do support your local game stores. Those folks are just like you and me. They're just trying to make a living, except they're doing it, doing something they love, which is providing games for you and me, which I think is awesome. Um, all right, political soapbox. I am stepping off of it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, hope you learned a little bit about board games, and thank you for being a part of the show. By the way, Rue, 
where can they see us next? That's a good question. I suppose they could see us right here at the very least in another two weeks. On two weeks? Wednesday, September 18th. That's just crazy talk. At 9 p.m. Eastern. Where we, we'll be talking about... Dingleberries. To be determined. To be determined. Yes. Um, but anyway, yeah. So we generally have the show on the first and third Wednesday of every month mm -hmm. at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Be there, be square. And we'll talk at you forever. Basically. We'll talk at you forever and ever and ever, yep. apparently. And you guys can misquote me all day long. Yep. Um, anyway, where can you find us? You can find us, obviously, on clanofthegraywolf.com. You can find myself. Oh, yes. On Twitter, at it's the Commodore. You can find me on Twitter at rue underscore cotgw. Easy enough to remember. If you can't remember Ish. what that looks like, just look over in the chat room. You can see the the handle right there, rue c underscore cotgw. It's simple. It's simple. I like it. Um, anyway, tweet us ideas for the show. Tweet us what you thought of the show. Tweet us why you think our theories about Mega Man Legends and our opinions of Final Fantasy VIII are stupid. Whatever you like, uh, we like to get feedback and let us know what kind of topics you might like to see on the show. And, in yes, the and yes, new 16-bit gem coming. New 16-bit gems are coming. I'm, ju I'm just, wanna... just going to refrain from even promising dates anymore just because I always lie. Don't do it. The <laughs> well, yes, coming. The 100th episode of The Weekly Ringer has also been posted. Please be a part of that as well. That's true. And uh, be on the lookout for upcoming updates on that series, which I will bring to you shortly as well. And as we said before... Be here next time. We love all of you. Thank you so much for watching. For the official podcast, the Echo Screen Live of the Clan of the Gray Wolf, I am the Commodore. I am Rue. Ding, ding. And there is no reset button. I kind of got that reversed. say Commodore <gasps> no yes I want you to play with Scarlett Johansson and Albert Einstein with Kit Kats it's only disgusting because it's you and not me I hate babies and the PS4